Hi friends, and welcome to this fourth Sunday of Easter at the Lutheran Church of the Nativity. I am so glad you are worshiping with us online or through our podcast or through our 800 number. And I am so glad you are worshiping with us whenever you are worshiping with us. If you choose to worship with us in person next week, please remember that the worship times have changed and we will be gathering for worship in the sanctuary at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Those will be the worship times starting next Sunday until the fall, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. However, you may also join us for worship here on our Facebook page, on our YouTube channel, on our 800 number, or on our podcast anytime. Let us continue with our brief order for confession and forgiveness. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God who creates us and forms us, who redeems us and calls us, who unites us and sends us. Amen. Gathered into God's presence, let us confess our sin. Mighty and loving God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We seek our own way. We divide the body of Christ in your mercy. Cleanse us and heal us. Let the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our hearts and everything that we do be filled with faith, hope, and love. Amen. Friends, hear the voice of Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim release to the captives. In the name of Jesus Christ, I proclaim to you that your sins are forgiven and you are released. The joy of the Lord is your strength and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are yours forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Let us pray. O God, our shepherd, you know your sheep by name and lead us safely through the valleys of death. Guide us by your voice that we may walk in certainty and security to the joyous feast prepared in your house. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Acts, the fourth chapter. The next day, the rulers, elders, and scribes assembled in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and all who were with the high priestly family. When they had made the prisoners stand in their midst, they inquired, by what power or by what did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are questioned today because of a good deed done to someone who was sick and asked this man, has he been healed? Let it be known to all of you and to all of the people of Israel that this man is standing before you in good health by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified whom God raised from the dead. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders. It has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven 
given among mortals by which we must be saved. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from 1 John, the third chapter. We know love by this, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses help? Little children, let us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. And by this we will, be, we will know that we are from the truth and will reassure our, our hearts before him. Whenever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have boldness before God, and we receive from him whatever we ask, because we obey his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we should believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. All who obey his commandments abide in him, and he abides in them. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit that he has given us. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is the Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because the hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold, I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it back up. I have received this command from my Father. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Friends, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I did not grow up on a farm. I grew up near farms and I had friends who lived on farms. But I grew up in a house next to a little creek and a little pond, a couple acres, about a mile from town. So why my mother brought a lamb to live with us when I was in elementary school is beyond me. It was because her good friend, who, who did live on a farm, had a sheep who had just had three babies which is very unusual. It's most common for sheep to have twins, but this one had triplets, which means that the one that was the runt and very small needed a lot of extra care. 
So my mom's friend was looking for someone else to provide that extra care for three to four weeks. My mother had spent years running a daycare out of our house. She had gone through the woes of dealing with a puppy and three kittens at one time. She was raising two girls and she was currently teaching middle schoolers. So how bad could adding a lamb to the mix really be? Well, it was bad, or should I say bad? And we named our ward Linus for the character from the Peanuts because he loved to carry around blankets and, and eat them, but he nevertheless carried around blankets. He was a mess. He would poop everywhere, and it usually ended up on us. On one particular occasion, I had just put on a pretty new dress and tights, and I was getting ready for school when my mother asked me to walk Linus. Yes, walk him on a leash, otherwise he would run away. And that horrid creature somehow managed to poop all down my new tights, which then got onto my dress. And it was gross, and I have no idea how he did that. And he was so dumb. And this is the part where you say, how dumb was he? <laughs> We used to actually hook him up to one of those dog cables that you would use to leave a dog outside. And not once, not twice, but three times, Linus found a way to get on the porch while still attached to that long leash and fall off the other side of the deck, virtually leaving him hanging by his little lamb neck. Needless to say, we were not sad when Linus was able to join his flocks several weeks after his arrival. And on this fourth Sunday in Easter, this Good Shepherd Sunday, I have been spending a lot of time thinking about our experience with Linus. And I've been gathering sheep facts. I learned, and maybe some of you already know, that at night, Shepherds will usually herd their sheep back into their pen so they won't stray. But sometimes they will let the sheep wander throughout the fields at night. The sheep, if they haven't been sheared in a while, will sometimes just fall over in the fields. Because after collecting a whole night of dew and nighttime precipitation, their wool becomes so heavy that the sheep literally just tip over. And if they're walking on the side of a hill, it is very feasible for the sheep to fall and not be able to get back up again. So the shepherd will go out in the morning and find the sheep lying on their backs all throughout the pasture because they can't get up on their own strength. And the shepherd will pick the sheep up, literally set them back on their feet, reorient them and let go of them so they can go on their way. We can be like sheep sometimes, can't we? Which of course makes me think of Psalm 23. And if you know it, you're welcome to say it with me. 
The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table beside me, before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. We are the Lord's sheep. Sheep that can fall down and need help getting back up. Sheep that don't listen. Sheep that can make a real mess of things. We are the Lord's sheep, and yet we hear in the psalm, and we know to be true, the Lord is always with us. The Good Shepherd is with us when we walk in dark valleys and when our souls need restoration. And this is usually what we need most, isn't it? The Good Shepherd to provide us with peace and restore our souls. This has been my experience throughout my faith journey. I know firsthand what it means to be in need of, what it means to have a soul in need of restoring. For me, when my soul needs restoring, I am plagued with very specific symptoms. I don't sleep well. I feel apathetic. I feel worn out. What I have discovered along my journey of faith is that I am in continual need of soul restoration. It's not a one-time experience. It's not that my soul is restored and that I'm good for two years or four years until my next checkup. Keeping my soul restored does not work for me like that. What I have discovered is that I am in continual continual need of having my soul restored. Because you know the world in which we live can be very destructive to our souls. This world has a way of depleting our souls. And this past year has put a lot of weary stress on our souls. You know exactly what it's like as I do to make a statement that reflects an unhealthy soul. You usually make this statement to yourself or to someone you love or a friend or to God. You utter words like, oh, I need help. Or one more thing, I just can't take it. I'm guessing like me, you know what it means to cry out those words. And you might make the mistake that I do because I attempt to restore my soul by my own strength. I attempt to fix my soul on my own. I attempt to take care of things myself. But each time I attempt to restore my soul with my own strength, I fail. I utterly fail. Do you do that too? Do you try to keep your soul healthy and restored through your own strength? The author of Psalm 23 understood his need for soul restoration. 
He knew he couldn't have his soul restored on his own strength. He understood that clearly. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In other words, God gives me everything I need. So what do we do when our souls are weary? We turn to God. We can restore our souls through scripture, reading alone or with one another, or in a group. We just spending time with the word of God and in prayer with God can be restorative. Spending time in and with the community of Christ in worship and in fellowship, in person or online, through phone calls and text messages. Spending time with God and with the community is good for the soul. So stay connected to the community of Christ for your soul's sake. And last but not least, we are invited by the Lord, our good shepherd, to return with the community of faith to the table, to receive communion for the forgiveness of sins, for the strengthening of faith and the restoration of our souls. We are all in need of having our souls restored every once in a while. However, the Lord is our shepherd and he will restore our souls and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord our whole life long. Amen. We are gathered by God into one church through Christ. Together with our siblings throughout the world, we confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Praying separately in our homes, in our cars, with our phones, and together in spirit. Let us pray for the church, the earth, the world, and all who are in need. O oh God, you have promised to hear us when we pray. Therefore, in confidence and trust, we pray for the church. Enliven the church for its mission, that we may be salt of the earth and light to the world. Breathe fresh life into your people. Give us the power to reveal Christ in word and action. We pray for the world. Lead us and every people into ways of justice and peace, that we may respect one another in freedom and truth. Awaken in us a sense of wonder for the earth and all that is in it. Teach us to care creatively for its resources. We pray for the community. Inspire with your wisdom those whose decisions affect the lives of others 
that all may act with integrity and courage. Give grace to all whose lives are linked with ours. May we serve Christ in one another and love as Christ loves us. We pray for those in need. Comfort and restore all who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. May they know the power of your healing love. Make us willing agents of your compassion. Strengthen us as we share in making people whole. We lift up those who are hurting and are in need of healing. We, we remember those who have died and those who mourn. Mighty God, you breathe life into our bones and your spirit brings truth to the world. Send us this spirit. Transform us by your truth and give us language to proclaim your gospel through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. I invite you to share a sign of the peace among your household or pod. You may send a text message or plan on making a phone call later in the day. Throw a message down on social media and share God's peace with the world. And don't forget to pet your pets. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. St. Paul tells us in the book of Galatians, you, my siblings, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge yourself. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And so we live out loving our neighbors and those unknown to us by doing the work of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Friends, this is the kind of life we have chosen. The life of the Spirit. Let us make sure we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads, or as a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. And so, the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you live in harmony with one another in accordance with Jesus Christ. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The God of all grace, 
bless you now and forever. You are the body of Christ, raised up for the world. Go in peace, share the good news. Hallelujah. Thank you.